Praise the Lord. Greetings to you all in the wonderful and matchless name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I also bring greetings from on behalf of the elders and the leaders of the church. And uh, really we thank God for the privilege what God has been giving to us to come together as God's children to continue to hear God's word. Before we go to the Lord in prayer, I'll read one word from Psalm 92. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High. Verse 2. To declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night on an instrument of ten strings on the lute and on the harp with harmonious sound. Yes, it is always good to praise God in any situation and the circumstances, whatever we are facing it. It is God always delighted in us and it is God's desire for God's children to praise Him and to exalt Him all the days of our life. Whatever we face it, but we should believe that God is in control over every situation. This week the promise comes to us from 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 10. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 10. May the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. What it means to us, we may face trials and afflictions in this world. But the scripture says, the God of all grace, who has called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. We are not called for time, we are called for eternity to be with him. And whatever we face it, but what the promise says, according to, as Peter is writing, after you have suffered a while, this is for a momentary or it is for a time, temporarily. But God is the one who will perfect us, establish us, strengthen us and settle us. The time is always near. Anytime we can expect God who called us and he is always will perfect us in our spiritual life as we are facing whatever the afflictions you name it for the present moment or in your present time. Let's close our eyes and look unto the Lord. Gracious Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you for this time. Thank you for this hour. Father, we are once again here together in spirit, in love, in understanding. Even though we are in a different places, in different situations, different backgrounds. But Lord, you know each and every one of us by name, by face, more than that, by our heart. Father, now we are praying 
open our spiritual eyes and our spiritual mind to hear your word, listen to your word, accept your word, believe in your word and be blessed by your word of Father. Lord, none of us are here by our own or by accident. We are all called and we are prepared and we have a de great desire to hear your word. We do not want to miss any fellowship of Father. Father, bless each and every one of us according to our desire. And also, Lord, even in this time we are praying, is there any hindrances or any difficulties or any afflictions or any pain they go through, any of them going through in this day, O oh Father. Lord, we pray that according to your promise, take control over our life. Set us free from all kinds of bondages and all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of afflictions, O oh Father. We thank you once again for setting us free at your presence. Now, O oh Lord, we pray for your servant whom you have chosen to minister unto us. As you put your word in his heart and as you are going to speak through him and use him as your mouthpiece. Father, let your anointing be upon him in abundance. Let him speak of your word by your power through your spirit of Father. Help us to receive your word as you want us to be. Let your word has its own purpose in our life. Lord, like convictions, correction, edification, encouragement and blessings of Father. Bless us so that we will be a blessings to one another. Thank you once again for accepting our prayers. In Jesus' highly exalted name, we offer this prayer. Amen. Praise the Lord, my brothers and sisters. I greet you all in the sweet and wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ uh, for this service. Uh, before we could even start the service, uh, I requested Brother Lyndon to be kind enough to share with me a, a worship song so that we could play it uh, for you. And before we could even start, I would like you to uh, just listen to the song right now.
It's so true that our Redeemer lives. And because he lives, we are also living and we could face tomorrow. I would like us to bow our heads in prayer at this moment and let us wait upon the Lord. Most gracious and loving Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Father, this is your word. We pray, Father, that you will take your word and you will reach it out to each of your child who's listening. Wherever they are, whether they are in their homes or in their offices or in their private chamber, I pray that you will take your word and your word will bring life to them. I pray that it will bring forth, Lord God, fruit in due season. I ask you, Father, that you will hide me behind the cross. And Lord, into your hands I said unto myself, and every year be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I would like to give the title of my message today as the death, the resurrection, the return, and the reign of Christ. And we are going to look at his death, resurrection, return, and the reign of Jesus Christ. I would like us to turn our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and we will look at verse 20 to 22. 1 Corinthians 15, 20 to 22. And we will be looking at 1 Corinthians. Yes, that's the scripture. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruit of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. One day, a mother and her two children were in a park having a wonderful time. They were enjoying the outdoors until a big bumblebee landed on the, lit on the little brother and stung him. This little boy began to cry and scream like any child would, and the wound was heavy on him. It became swollen. The bee was still buzzing around, and his little sister started to scream. She was so scared, and she called out to her mama, 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 the bee is buzzing around me. The mother comforted her daughter by saying, Darling, wait a minute. As she was wiping the brother's tears away, she says, Look down here on your brother's arm. Right in the middle of that swelling was the bumblebee's stinger. You see that, my little girl, the mother said, That bee can only buzz and try to fight around you, but it cannot hurt you anymore. You see? He can only sting once, and he has left his stinger in your elder brother. We don't have to fear the sting of death. Jesus took that sting out of death, and he has given us a hope that is steadfast and sure. 
death is a problem or to mankind because he has no control over it man cannot conquer death consequently the bible indicates in hebrews chapter 2 verse 15 turn your bibles to hebrews chapter 2 verse 15 that a man lives all his life in the bondage of the fear of death can you see that man lives all his life in the bondage of fear of death so the ultimate question is asked by job in job chapter 14 verse 14 the first part job says if a man dies shall he live again that is man's ultimate question but there is an answer in john chapter 19 verse 20 and up to john chapter 20 verse 10 so from you don't have to read your bible just take down this note so that after the message you could go back and look at john chapter 19 from verse 20 to john chapter 20 verse 10 we see a very thrilling and a powerful record of jesus conquering death it indicates to us the tremendous the awesome power that jesus had not only in conquering death but also controlling death we see how jesus reveals his power over death and i will show you one scripture turn your bibles to john chapter 10 john chapter 10 verses 17 and 18 two verses john 10 17 to 18 jesus said the reason my father loves me is that i lay down my life only to take it up again no one takes it from me but i lay it down of my own accord i have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again this command i receive from my father death could not surprise jesus he controlled death jesus died only when he commanded death to take his life even death had to obey jesus so what as christ death burial resurrection accomplished for mankind we are going to look at this what as his death is burial the resurrection at this moment what as it accomplished for mankind i want to show you six revelation of christ power over death that has brought us life number 1 victory over sin number 1 is victory over sin we can turn our bibles to matthew 1 verse 21 matthew 1 verse 21 the bible says in matthew 121 she shall give birth to a son and you are to give him the name jesus because he will save his people from their sin he will save his people from their sin and there's a one more scripture which you could take it down and read it uh, in your leisure 1 timothy chapter 1 verse 15 to had to what christ has given us victory over sin the second point is victory over sorrow and if you look at isaiah chapter 53 and turn to verse 4 isaiah 53 and if you look at verse 4 the bible says surely 
he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrow. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. My brothers and sisters, this scripture gives us that he has carried our sorrow. In a time like this, many people are, are in, in various ways sorrowful. We are not voicing it out. It's not that what we are going through at this time. But there are many things that are around you that have made you sorrowful. The Bible is clearly given that he has taken our sorrow. Unless we understand the power over death that Jesus conquered, will we not be able to enjoy victory over this area? The third point is victory over sickness. Victory over sickness. In the same book of Isaiah 53, and looking at one verse ahead, it says in Isaiah 53, verse 5, But he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. My brothers and sisters, no matter what be your sickness, no matter what be the thing that you are going through, the doctors have said many things, but here is a scripture saying that he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. You can also turn to another scripture and keep it as a reference of Matthew chapter 8 verse 17 also says the same thing. My fourth point is he has given us victory over curses. Many of us, and I was, I was listening to this, and sometimes I pondered over the scripture, and I want to show you a verse, it's found in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. I want to just share this experience with you. During my days of uh, when I was recovering and, and I found that my bone was not joining, I came to a, the scripture to understand sometimes when you find healing not taking place where you're repeatedly falling sick or falling down, constantly falling down, hurting yourself or having your bones broken for some reason, behind it, is a curse and when I learned to deal or dealt with the curse that was upon me I got liberated and I got my healing I do not know what what is happening to you if you find something repeatedly happening to you over and over again turn from that go to the Lord and say Lord whatever curse is upon my life which I know or I don't know can you release me from that curse because you have taken it upon yourself? My fifth point today is victory to receive Abraham's blessing. Many Christians are struggling. They are not able to be blessed. No matter if they have a good job or whatever it is, always they find themselves under trouble, struggling to survive, struggling to do everything. 
we have to understand that we are even under the blessing of Abraham. Turn to Galatians chapter 3 and let us look at verse 14, the first part. Galatians chapter 3, verse 14, the first part. The Bible says, He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. Every one of you who believes in Jesus, who has given your life to Jesus, you can claim the scripture. Lord, you said that if I believe in you, I have access to the blessings of Abraham. So this is one thing that you do not have to live in a bondage of suffering. You are set free from all this and you can claim this promise. My sixth point is victory over suffering. John chapter 10 verse 10. John 10, 10. The Bible says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. He comes to steal, kill and destroy. That's what the thief comes but Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. My brothers and sisters, he says that you may have life to the full. You don't have to suffer in this life. No matter what you are going through, he gives his grace for you. That even in those things that you are going through, he will give you peace to go through it. Because you must remember that he came that we might have life and to the fullest. My last point is victory over Satan. Victory over Satan. You find that in 1 John chapter 3 verse 8, the second part of verse 8, 1 John chapter 3 verse 8, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work was to destroy the devil's work. By this we understand the works of the enemy over our lives have been destroyed because Jesus came into this world. That's the reason the scripture is so true. If you look at all these scriptures, we are living in bondage because we are so blinded. We are not able to see truth in the scripture. The enemy has blinded our eyes. If we know scripture and if we take the scripture and believe it in faith, we are set free. We just seen the result of his great power over death and it is ours for the taking. You and I have the right to take it because our elder brother has gone through it. My question to you is, are we having the resurrected power in our lives? I gave you seven points. You and I are supposed to have dominion or to have be to have the privilege to have this has Jesus's death resurrection made any difference in our life the day-to-day -day life that we're living not just on a, a on a good Friday we hear a message on that on our Christmas or on an Easter on a wedding day death day we hear it we forget about it is our day-to-day -day life having the resurrected power demonstrated in us Many church-going Christians are living in bondage and living in defeated lives. How then we, can we go and preach about the resurrected Savior when we ourselves are not living a resurrected life? 
we ourselves are struggling. Brothers and sisters, pay a close attention. One of these days, there's going to come a trumpet call and a loud shout from the lips of Jesus Christ is going to come when he returns. And that shout will go into the graves. And those that have made him as Lord and Savior will hear it. Those who are in Christ are going to hear the shout of Lazarus, what Lazarus heard when he was in the grave. Our Lord is going to step down from his majestic throne in glory and he will meet us in the air. And I believe the shout will be, come forth. The voice of the Savior is going to roll over the length and the breadth of the earth. At the command of the Lord Jesus Christ, the oceans are going to give up the dead that they have been having all these years. The vast deserts are going to give up the dead that have been lying with them. The battlefields where thousands and millions and millions have died are going to give up the dead. The grave of the righteous are going to be opened one day. One day we will hear that trumpet sound and that majestic voice will come forth saying, come forth. You might have a question to me and say, Brother Claudie, will I go to heaven when I die? Or if Jesus comes before that? I would like to answer that question to you now. The message of the resurrection is that death has been beaten. But a better message is that I can beat it too. You can beat it too. Just by trusting in Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Death is not the end. Death is a universal experience that everyone has to face. We will all die one day and we know that for sure. My question is, only a fool will go through life unprepared for something that he knows will eventually happen. Let us see what the Bible says is going to happen when we die. Let us go to scriptures. Heaven is a perfect place, my brothers and sisters. If you want to live there, you must allow the Holy Spirit to help you to live a blameless life. I know exactly what are you thinking. You must be thinking, I will not stand a chance. You are exactly right. You and I cannot stand a chance. That is why God gave us the plan of salvation. It is only through salvation in Jesus Christ alone. We cannot make it to heaven on our own, brothers and sisters. There's only one way to get to heaven, and that way is to trust the only person who lived a perfect life to get us there on his merit. That person is Jesus Christ. You can get into heaven by trusting Christ and continue to have a relationship. You might be thinking, how? Oh, can I get into heaven without trusting Christ? No, you can't get into heaven. You need to know the Savior. Many Christians start very well, but they are not able to finish. Somewhere down the path, they fall by Satan's deception because they think they can do things on their own strength. In the start of their life and walk with Christ, they depended upon Christ so much. But somewhere down the line, they feel, now I don't need him. I can go on my own steam. They are very happy to go to church every week. Put some money into the collection bag. 
meet some people after the service, have a chit-chat and they think that's the end of Christianity. No, my brothers, I'm sorry. That is not the end of Christianity. That's only the beginning of Christianity. We forget God saved us for a purpose and that is unto good works. Read your scripture in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 gives you the answer to that. We totally forget that this same Jesus who was resurrected from the dead is coming one day to take us home. I will not say that he's going to come during the time of Corona. No, no, Corona has nothing to do with his coming. My answer is, are you ready? Let Corona, Corona will be here today. It's gone tomorrow. But are you ready? The question is, are you ready for his return? You might ask, what must I do, Claudie, until he returns? I just want to show you a few things that you and I should do till he returns. Number one, we must be prepared for our master. We must be prepared for our master. In Matthew chapter 25 verse 10, the Bible says, But while they were on their way to buy oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. You find that again also the same scripture found in Luke chapter 12 verse 40. Two scriptures, Matthew 25 verse 10 and Luke 12 verse 40. So now the question is, while I'm being prepared, how should I be prepared is the question. How should I be prepared? Brother Claudia, I am being prepared, but how should I be prepared? My second point is we need to sanctify ourselves daily. Not a one-week process, a one-month, and or just during Christmas we go to church and we say, "Oh, I'll sanctify myself during Christmas. I'll rededicate myself during Easter, and on the resurrected Sunday I will get resurrected." Resurrected? No, we need to sanctify ourselves daily. The Book of Revelation, chapter twenty-two. Revelation chapter twenty-two, verse eleven. The second part, Revelation chapter 22, verse 11. Let him who does right continue to do right. You see that? Let him who does right continue to do right. And let him who is holy continue to be holy. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 14. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 14. The Bible says, so then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with God. You look at what it says, when we have to sanctify ourselves daily, it says, continue to be holy. Then it says that we should be found spotless, blameless. And at peace with God. Take another scripture and quote it and write it down. 1 John 3 verses 2 and 3. You could read it after this message. 1 John chapter 3 verses 2 and 3. My third point. We need to be prayerful and watchful. 
as I told you her earlier, as we need to sanctify ourselves and with sanctification, daily sanctification, we need to be very prayerful and also watchful. Many of us are prayerful, but not watchful. Mark chapter 13, verses 33 to 37, as a very beautiful example. Mark 13, verses 33 to 37, I will read it for you. Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when the time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servant in charge, each with his assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. My brothers and sisters, have you seen what a warning is given in the scripture? Be on your guard, it says. Be alert, it says. Verse 35, it says, keep watch. Watch 36, it says, don't let him find you sleeping. And verse 37 again, it says, watch. I'll show you two more scriptures on to be prayerful and watchful. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 7. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 7. The Bible says in verse 7, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded. Number one, it's telling us to be clear-minded. Number two, self-controlled so that you can pray. Many of us struggle in this area. We are not able to be self-controlled. We struggle to be self-controlled. We lose our temper very easily. We get anger very easily for no reason. If someone doesn't smile at you also, we get angry. If someone smiles too much also, we get angry. We need to control ourselves. One more scripture, Luke chapter 21, verse 36. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 21, verse 36. The Bible says, be always on the watch. My brothers and sisters, you look at that. Please underline it. Be always on the watch, it says. And pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen. Many things are going to happen. But the Bible says you watch out so that you can escape. And it continues to say, and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. In order for us to be able to stand before the Son of Man, we should be able to be watchful and prayerful. My brothers, many brethren are struggling in this area. Everywhere, all over the world, the greatest strategy of, of, of Satan is to keep men from praying. If individually praying by yourself, he puts you to sleep. And when the congregation is together, he makes you sleep. He gives you a hundred reasons to make you sleep and stay at home. Here is a scripture, a very strong scripture which says, if you want to stand before the Son of Man, be always on watch and pray. 
we have to be very careful maybe we are good at everything around us everything that is given to us we are good we are not bad or not wrong but we struggle in the area of prayer and i i'm sorry to say this most of the time it's the men who struggle in this area we find that our sisters by the grace of god they strengthen the men they push the men go to go forward and i want to encourage every man that is listening to it if you are struggling in this area i would like you to just take a minute and ask the lord lord give me grace that i will not struggle in this area lord god many of us it is our wives that have to tell us to pray that's not supposed to be the case my brothers we need to be the head to lead by example not just our family but we need to lead as an example even to the church to the body of christ both places you need to set an example whether in the church in your family or people in your office also will know do i i'm sure most of you remember the our brother leo who was with us leo would always say in his testimony that is is a co-workers would always come to him if they had a problem and ask him to pray why is it that they used to ask that brother leo had nothing to look at but he had the power of god that is co-workers seen that that man was a man of prayer brothers and sisters let us be men and women who are watchful and prayerful my fourth point we need to preach and live the gospel i made two statements that we need to preach and live the gospel my my fourth point i'm taking the scripture from matthew chapter 24 verse 14 matthew 24 verse 14 the bible says and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nation and then the end will come so for those of you who are thinking about corona and thinking of is coming go back and see if the whole world has heard there's still a certain part of the world that is still not reached my brothers and sisters so let us continue to learn to preach and live the gospel many many love to preach the gospel if you even give a message to a politician he will be able to speak much better and people can turn to the lord but the politician is not able to live christ there are many christians they are able to give very good messages but unable to live the gospel they struggle to live the gospel many that preach the gospel carry a whip with them they are very good at the gospel but when they come to the pulpit or when they visit you they always bring their whip along with their bible that's not supposed to be the case jesus only used the whip for those that were selling and buying in his house they were using his house as a marketplace we have to be very careful when we come to the house of god let us leave our whips behind and let us bring the word of god many people who have tasted the love of god they have tasted the love of christ never try to reflect that same love to the lost one we don't do that and a lost one could be struggling we don't do that i want to tell you something a good shepherd will always run after the lost sheep and when he finds that lost sheep he will carry it on his shoulder and come but a hired shepherd 
will always condemn the lost sheep. He will insult the lost sheep just because the lost sheep is weak. We are not supposed to do that, my brothers. It's easy to insult somebody. It's easy to offend somebody. It's easy to tell somebody you are, you are living a wrong life. We forget Jesus came to set them free. Let us all strive to have the heart of Jesus Christ as our true shepherd. There are many lost sheep that are around us. Are we willing to go the extra mile to reach them? To go the extra mile will cost you, my brothers and sisters. Living a Christian life is not easy. I just want to look at that scripture. The shepherd left the 99 and he went after the lost. The lost was always somewhere in the wilderness, somewhere in a bush, somewhere in a dry place where there may be animals waiting to eat them. We are supposed to run after these lost people. Those who might be having a need or a want, are we willing to go that extra mile? My fifth point, stay faithful to the end. We need to stay faithful to the end. Luke chapter 18 verse 8. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 18 and look at verse 8 and see what the scripture says. I tell you, he will see that they get justice. And quickly, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The second scripture found in Revelation chapter 14 verse 12. Revelation 14 verse 12. This calls for patient endurance on the part of the saints who obey God's commandments and remain faithful to Jesus. My third scripture, Revelation chapter 2 verses 10, the second part, B part, Revelation chapter 2 verse 10. I wanted to see this and my mind was opened when I read the scripture. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. Here is the scripture saying you might have to suffer, but don't be afraid. And you see what it says at the last part, be faithful even to the point of death. My brothers and sisters, I would like you to underline that. Be faithful even to the point of death. Because Jesus says that after that statement, and I will give you the crown of life. In these three scriptures, if you look and ponder over, you'll find that he's saying, will he find faith? Will he find faith? Now the question is, Faithful in what? Faithful in being a true disciple of Christ till the end. Many are good disciples for the start. Somewhere down the line when we become famous and when we become important, we don't carry on till the end. That fire has died. Let not that fire die in you. Look back at your past and see how much you had love for the lost, how much you had love for those who were, who were struggling, how much you had love for the people and you went all the way out to take care of them. But he says, are you willing even to the point of death? Maybe you will be forced to say you will die if you do this. But he says, I will give you the crown of life. My question is, my brothers and sisters, when Jesus returns, will he find faith in you and me? Will you find faith on earth? 
quickly i'll give you few scriptures luke chapter 18 verse 8 luke chapter 18 verse 8 again it says the last part will he find faith on earth matthew chapter 24 verses 45 to 51 if you look at that it says who then is faithful matthew 24 45 to 51 Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time look at that scripture who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his house to give them their food at the proper time we have been put in charge to give food at the proper time food doesn't mean just eating i'm talking about spiritual food was 46 it will be good for that servant who master finds him doing so when he returns my brothers and sisters when he returns god will see if we are giving food in the proper time was 47 i tell you the truth he will put him in charge of all his position but suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself my master is staying away a long time verse 49 and he then begins to beat his fellow servants here is a scripture which i just now said be careful of your whip and here is a scripture to 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 had to it and says in 49 and he begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at a hour he will not be aware of he will cut him to pieces and assign him to a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth my brothers and sisters a great warning to everyone in leadership this is if we are not careful how we be how we live and when i use the word leadership i doesn't mean i don't mean leadership of a church if you are a leader if you are a father you are a mother you are a person in authority be careful how you treat those people below you and if you slander them rebuke them insult them chase them away here is the word of god says that he will cut us to pieces if we do not use the heart of christ when we are dealing with anyone that has been given to us this is the greatest warning to those that are in any form of authority be faithful and careful with everything that god has entrusted you with god prepared this message long back in my heart to tell you all this only those that are faithful to the end will be allowed into heaven or be taken in the time of the rapture only those that are faithful till the end the good news is that the faithful servant will reign with Christ Jesus for a thousand years in this world and continue for eternity let us turn quickly to revelation chapter 20 i need to close revelation chapter 20 verses 4 to 6 The Bible says I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge and I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony for Jesus and because of the word of God they had not worshiped the beast nor his image and had not received his mark on their forehead or on their hands 
they came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Verse 5, the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Verse 6, blessed and holy are those who have part in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with them for a thousand years. What a beautiful thing, my brothers, that we will reign with Jesus when he returns. We will reign with him, my brothers and sisters. That shout is going to come out very soon. If we live till he returns, praise be to God. But if we fall asleep before that, the grave that you will be in, if you have lived a life that is pure and holy and lived as a disciple of Christ, you will hear that voice saying, come forth. I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you in the name of Jesus. Jesus is coming to take us one day and we will reign with him. Not just a thousand years, a thousand years on earth, but for eternity with him forever. The question is today, I want to ask you for the last time, whoever you are, you might be a child listening to this message. You might be a teenager or a, or a youth member listening to this message. You might be someone on a sick bed. The doctors are diagnosed you for some type of sickness. You might be somebody who has gone away from the cross. You might be somebody who even does not know Jesus as Lord and Savior. You might be somebody who is always, you know, not able to come back to the cross. You once knew Jesus. You lived a holy life. You lived a righteous life. You loved God. And Jesus was everything for you. For somewhere down the line, you have become cold. To the one who is struggling, God is speaking to you. To the one who wants to come back, God is speaking to you. And to the one who does not know Jesus, the Lord is asking you today, are you willing to welcome him into your life? The Bible has everything that we require. A place for salvation, a place for rest, a time for resurrection and a time to reign. My brothers and sisters, are you willing to give your life to Jesus? I want to ask you, if you have not given your life to Jesus, I want you to just bow your heads and say the most simplest prayer, like a friend talking to a friend and say, Lord Jesus, I want to give my life to you. I do not know who you are. But I heard a message that you are coming soon. I know you are the savior of the world. I give my life to you. I ask you to forgive me for all my wrong, all the willful sins that I've done. Forgive me, Lord. Receive me. Wash me. Cleanse me. I want to pray for this, for all the breasts who are struggling. There is still hope at the cross. You can return. Those of you who are struggling to be faithful to the end, now is the time to say, God, give me grace to be faithful to the end. I would like to play the song that uh, 
I asked Brother Linden to uh, to sing, and I think we will just listen to that beautiful song. because Jesus lives. Let us bow our heads one more time. Father, we thank you for this word that you've given us today. Your word is so true. To the one much is given, much is required. Father, for all of us who are parents, you have blessed us with children that is much is given to us. For those that are in leadership, you have given us sheep. For those that are of us who have responsible positions in the offices, much has been given to us. For those that are who are of us who are teachers or working in some place, you have given us much. Lord, we pray, give us grace to show forth Christ. Lord, as we preach, give us the grace to be ready. When you come, you will find us to be faithful. Let us share the grace together. May the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. And God's children say, Amen. Have a blessed week. May the resurrected Christ prepare you so that you will be ready when he comes to take you to glory, to reign with him for eternity. God bless you. In Jesus' name, be blessed. Amen.